is the Podswoggle Network. And we're walking, and we're walking... Welcome to Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment. I'm your host, Mullet, and you might want to hit that SAP button for today's episode, except neither one of us know how to speak Spanish. Uh, Only one other person on the line with me right now because nobody else is as uh, passionate or took the time to actually watch what we're going to be talking about today. It's in Chicago. It's he's in Chicago. You're a person. Thank you for finally acknowledging that I'm a real person. It took 248 episodes, but Rich Camelucci is a living, breathing person. And he's uh, here with me today. What's going on, man? And I'm not just a big, sloppy fuck machine. <laughs> I just realized, man, fuck, I had... Why did I specifically have to have Taco Bell before this podcast? That's horrible. You done did it to yourself. I... I God damn it, that's awful. Because I knew it was, I knew it was gonna come up like somewhere in the middle, so I better put it like now. It'd be like, yeah, I had Taco Bell because Bacon Club Chalupas—they're the shit. I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about them on the blank slate for about 15 minutes. We will. We absolutely will. Uh, so yeah, so here we are. Uh, I don't remember what was this. Is our first podcast we've recorded since uh, the incident of uh, of July. Um, next week we're gonna have our SummerSlam Pick'em podcast. And the week after that is going to be episode 250, our big-ass draft, which we are fucking trying to get organized. Ah, uh, yes. Our annual bad, big-ass draft. Big-ass. took us six years, but now we know what it's called. The Podswoggle Bad. Beautiful and dangerous. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't Google Podswoggle Bad, though. That, that, that won't <laughs> tell you what we want you to hear. I thought, I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were uh, referencing. Uh, if you Google like submission sorority, some surprising things might come up. If you if you Google Podswoggle bad, it's just going to be a bunch of racist stuff. <laughs> well, then you're on Podswoggle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's just Podswoggle. You know what it is. Um, we're speaking Podswoggle before we get into uh, what we're actually talking about. Uh, I sent you a, uh, a text Saturday night. Uh, unofficial third six member of the Swoggle Squad, Andrew Zangri, and I. I uh, had a, a fun night out in the city of Orlando, and we went to the old stomping grounds of the three of us from WrestleMania 24 weekend, Lizzie McCormick's, uh, and I had a beer called Hornswaggle, and uh, I just wanted to say that, and it was very weird. It was the lightest beer I've ever drank. Basically, it was chocolate mm. milk. Mm. So if you ever see Hornswaggle, it gets two thumbs up from me. Yeah. That's the, that's the funny thing. I guess like most wrestling fans don't realize is like the Hornswaggle was a word. Before a midget, <laughs> it was like it's it's. I remember when they like because originally he was what little bastard. Yeah, he was originally little bastard, and they gave him the name. I was like, that's perfect. That is like the perfect like Irish fuck you word. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and now I thought about it the other day. Like after that, I was like, hey, we got a swag soon. I'm like, that, that's a person. <laughs> that's a character name, and it's also a word that you can do something to so- somebody. Yeah, it's a real word for screwing someone out of something. Yeah. I'm going to hornswoggle my wife later. That's not, she's not. No, it's not literally. Well, it's open to interpretation. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to make it open to interpretation. It changes yeah. definitions all the time. I'm sure she'll love that. 
So what we're here to do today is talk about something we have only really talked about on the show in passing. Um, you definitely were the the flag. You were definitely waving the flag early on, uh, and I was like really negative at first, which I will apologize for about thirty seven times on this show. Uh, yeah, I was the the Lewis and Clark of Lucha Underground for the show. You really were. You were. You were just like, yeah, fucking whatever, spot monkeys. Well, it's well because, and I was my point was proven with Triple Mania, but <laughs> thankfully, my point was proven that if it's like traditional lucha libre in a lot of that, in a lot of their like main markets and the way it is, like it's not very good. But if it's put in the context, context? what context? Yeah, oh, yeah, you said the same word. Yeah, if it's put in, let's go, girls. Uh, if, God damn it! If it's put in context. And it's it's given like a new coat of paint on it, and you fucking take it where it needs to go in terms of ludicrousness at times, or just badassness. Then it's fucking golden, and I've we I fell in love with it even maybe more so than you. In that I I don't like watch like appointment television. Like my DVR is my DVR. Wednesday nights at eight o'clock, it's like look, I'm watching Lucha Underground. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I cannot thank you enough. It's probably going to be like. Like the majority of your best man toast, whatever it is. Like, look, this guy right here, he got me involved in Lucha Underground. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that was a television show that unfortunately ran for one season. <laughs> Hopefully not, but we'll get there. Uh, so yeah, so do you want to do you want to just start with Ultima Lucha and then kind of work backwards? Well, yeah, I mean, one, I, 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 I will, and oh god, maybe this is a little preview of the draft, but oh, okay. uh, go ahead with what you're saying, and then I will make sure. No. To say. I'm just going to say I'm going to take a little bit of exception with you saying that you might like it more than me because that's I don't feel like that's a possible thing. I've been banging the drum, not just on this podcast, but to like real life people that I see, you know, every face to face day. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and yeah. And it's also just a testament to like that just goes to show like how, how much can get done when you have like actual real TV people behind the scenes where like that's never, ever really ever been the case in wrestling ever no ever that's always been we got tv let's figure this out point a camera at it exactly. and then that's why you have stupid shit like zooming in for every punch and and the little crash cam for replays and stuff because it's none of these people are from real tv no yeah this podcast is going to be the biggest What's the phrase I'm trying to look for? Like, like this is us. Like, we're playing poker, and like we got a good hand, but we like we just don't want to end the hand. <laughs> it's like, can we hold? The, can we keep this hand for like two weeks? <laughs> because between you and I, I already know. Like, if you listen to previous drafts, like between the two of us, for probably the past what like three years, it's been like a knockout dragout fight to be like, who you got, man? Oh, really? Fuck you! Like, I just re-listened to the last one last year. And we're both trying to be like so calm and cool, and then just gets fucked up. Like pick thirty eight, it's gonna start like right away. <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really gone through and made my list yet because we're still we're still a few weeks out. So I, I want I wanted to ask or I want try, go ahead. I'm just trying to be prudent. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Now when we were drunk in, in Gainesville for for that event, I feel like we like almost talked about this already. And I can't remember because we, you know, we were pretty drunk. But I feel like I made a promise to you that I wouldn't take a specific person. 
You did. Okay. You did. Did you make the same promise to me about a certain person? Fuck no. Well, fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. That's really bad. Okay, shit. Okay. Well, I- oh, I'm sorry. You said something drunkenly very one-sided that benefits not you? Oh, and it was in Gainesville? Oh, go yeah. figure. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Okay, well, that's fine. So I just need to remember to not gush like I want to for my version of that. Whatever, man. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, here's, here, I'm, uh, here's what I'm thinking about. Just to save myself the heartbreak, not drafting any Lucha guys. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Yeah, so it's like round 15 when you're like, hmm, do I want Aerostar or do I want Adam Rose? Hmm. Whatever, man. Just look. This is all about being true to yourself. Just be true to yourself. Okay, fine. So... The, yeah, so th- basically this podcast is a giant prequel to Rich and I having just drafting Lucha Underground in two weeks. Uh, is it safe to say that this is, I guess, okay, last year, okay, this year's Lucha Underground is our Lucha Underground. Last year, I guess you could say, like, New Japan was our Lucha Underground, and then the year before that, I guess you could probably say, like, PWG was our Lucha Underground. Exactly, so God knows what next year is going to be. I'm gonna get really Norwegian into, wrestling. I'm gonna get really into ICW. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I think you might be alone on that one. Okay. I mean, it's good. Uh, I just don't know. I just know what any promo means. Um, so, so yeah. So, Ultima Lucha. I was, and here's the thing: was I had everything spoiled for me too. Unlike you. Where you managed to actually have avoided the spoilers, and I unfortunately went to Wikipedia one day and saw stuff, and at that point it was point of no return. It's like, well, yeah. just in case. I actually did have uh, way before that uh, had one thing spoiled for me, which is when I just threw my computer out the window. What was that? The trios championship. Right, but I think wasn't I the one that did that for you for March of Madness. Um, you mentioned something about it, well, we, and it didn't. Well, and it didn't mean anything to me at the time, and so I just wiped it from my memory. And then I was looking up real names because I'm curious. And oh, you're talking about the disciples of death beating them. Yes. Oh, okay. I we're talking about the initial because I remember from March of Madness, I was like, well, and I and like I'd seen spoilers because I would like had just started watching it, and I was like, yeah, well, I know who wins a trio's title. And if I can find that, and then I told you who it was, and you're like, how the fuck is that going to happen? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. OK. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. So let's just we'll just fucking go like just overall, like like did for me, it was fucking hyped to the max. And like even knowing the results and like expecting what was going to happen, like did it meet your expectations, exceed your expectations between the uh- weeks? What's that? Between the two weeks, of course. Between the two weeks, uh, my they were that was kind of weird, but it was whatever. I rolled with it. Um, actually, what I did was I watched the first week and then saved it, and then watched uh, part one and two just back to back the next week together. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was fun, and uh, yeah, it it slightly exceeded expectations because expectations were really high. The one thing I was kind of disappointed about is even if uh, a match going into Ultima Lucha wasn't 
build as some sort of gimmick or no DQ or something like that match. It then became it like spur of the moment. Right. Um, and, and I sour, I was a little sour on that just cause it was a little cheap, which is something that the show hasn't been at all. The show has been incredibly well thought out and premeditated. And so that was just a very wrestling thing to do, which kind of, I was a little disappointed about, but then the match started and I didn't give a fuck. Exactly. And also, if you think about like, it's happened a lot. We even like WrestleMania, all of a sudden it's like the title matches always get changed. The no DQ just because it's like, it's the biggest show of the year and you want to make sure that that's how it happens. Like that, right. that didn't bother me. The, 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 my number one takeaway from it that I, in terms of, no, but, but, but the fact that it happened like multiple times, yeah, multiple times. I know. Yeah. It was definitely a cheap cause that falls right in the line with the heel authority figure that the show very much wasn't. Yeah. And then it kind of became, I, I get you on that. The thing that I, probably my biggest negative takeaway, besides like a couple matches, was that just like an overall fear, because, you know, the, the, you know, it's not 100% certain that we're ever going to get this again. If they're working on it, my hooker crook will get some form of it probably, who knows when, from all the stories and reports and every interview from every single executive producer. But... If it if this is it, it really ended on like I think like one babyface one. Yeah, it was like a very like dark ending. Actually, if you consider both weeks, two babyfaces one Drago and Phoenix. Yeah, were the only two babyfaces one out of like anything. And you mm-hmm. can you can argue that you know because of the way the story is presented, and especially that crowd, like it didn't matter because it was a very it, that's. That crowd became basically like a good version of Full Sail in terms of their involvement and the way they impacted the show. Like that, the crowd in Boyle Heights is fantastic and, yeah. and like a good indie crowd. But still, like from like where it goes next, I would definitely want to see something else because if not, it's like, if not, A, Ricky Banderas killed another cable television wrestling program. And number two, <laughs> And number two, it's just like, well, fuck, like, you know, like it's the end of a story and I, I want to see some kind of happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then again, it wouldn't be unlike all of those other great shows that get canceled after, you know, one year. I mean, that's the thing. It's not that the show's getting canceled either. It's just logistics, which sucks. It's kind of uh, even uh, more tragic uh, when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that'd be my only like negative takeaway. Okay, now let's just start fucking gushing. Oh my god, everything was great. <laughs> uh, what, I'm blanking. What was the first match the first week? The first match the first week was the uh, Falls Count Anywhere uh, cage oh, versus Pac. I forget that. Yeah. That was, that was maybe my first my favorite match on that uh, on that episode. Oh, absolutely. It was my favorite match on that first episode by far. Um, yeah. especially because I kind of felt a little uh, shorted their couple previous matches because well especially the, the previous week because it was like a one minute roll up finish yeah and then the week before that it was like a good solid like four or five minute match but it definitely it's like I want to see them do more um, yeah those I feel like Cage probably should have had a better spot on the whole show in terms of how, like how protected he was the entire time. Right. Right. He was, yeah, there were a few things that like a few guys that came in, like just towards the end of the, the run of the season, like 
Like, fuck you, Bengali. You haven't been here. Hey, Jim Nutter, take that mask off. <laughs> I would have put, I mentioned earlier that, uh, I don't know if, if we started recording, but when, uh, when we were in Orlando after uh, the event, and Rich and I were just like up talking for like 45, 50 minutes about something we'll probably get to later on in the show. I want to try and, and do it again to see how Rich fares. But uh, I swear to God, we laughed for about two and a half minutes about Jim Neidhart being Bengala. <laughs> I'm seriously like, you just fucking put your hand over his head and it's like, that's Jim Neidhart in there. He looks like who? Um, but yeah, I- I'm fine with it being the Mac. But I almost would have preferred Cage, you know, get yeah, something better. It's fine though. We'll, we'll never. No, 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 no. I, I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't criticizing it being uh, uh, Willie Mac, but I was criticizing, yeah, the fact that like they bring in like these people just towards the end out of nowhere to have higher up spots, and then and then yeah, someone like Cage, mm-hmm. who's been kind of integral throughout the whole season, yeah. uh, you know, is is opening up the whole show on the first week and it was still he still did great um and he still he still <laughs> murdered a person uh, like like, but, yeah, like was that our second murder like that was, was like we'll never see willie mack again right <laughs> if kayfabe has taught me anything oh man that was yeah that whole and then the stunner and the fucking Beer, which by the way it's a mini fuck you stone cold come on you gotta appreciate that it was funny i know he kicked out of it but I, I think that tweet that that Stone Cold made about that was just quoting Matt Stryker because that's exactly what Matt Stryker said. Oh, did he? oh, I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's like word for word exactly what Matt Stryker said. So I'm pretty sure like Stone Cold is like, yeah, no, you're right. No one kicks out of the stunner. Oh, no. ah. Hey, Austin, you're still the best. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's just when, like, uh, we've talked about the the springboard stunner, right? I think so. Okay. Here's in that. It's not going to have all the juice of a regular stunner because you're doing some out of nowhere stuff with it. So it's fine that they kick out. Exactly. And here's my argument. I watched the 1992 war games the other day. Hey, Austin, you got right up after a fucking DDT covered in blood. So shut up. (laughs) I really want to just get that clip and show them like, what's your explanation for this? That's it. Oh, well, goddamn, son. I was covered in blood. I was young as hell. Dumb. (laughs) I was young, dumb, full of cum. Uh, it's actually, damn it, yeah, you already won the argument. Fuck, you and Steve Austin won Steve Austin's argument. You're welcome, Steve. <laughs> uh, swig a beer for the working man. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that was, that was great. Uh, yeah, uh, that was, uh, I was actually, <clears throat> when I watched both episodes back to back, I had our, our, our good friend Spencer of Dilettante Ball uh, over to watch it with me. And... Yeah, he was he was freaking out during that match because each spot, like, you know, kind of telegraphed like the next thing or whatever. And then as soon as they got to the platform with cinder blocks, he's like, oh, man, oh, what are they going to do with those? But that's not what he was expecting. No, no, you could. I wasn't expecting it for Christ's sake. <laughs> I've already conditioned myself to never just see a curb stomp in wrestling ever again. And then I see the most literal representation of a curb stomp. Yeah. Wrestling. And then Super Dragon comes back. Yeah, exactly. It's like everybody but W collectively said, hey, guys, let's make the curb stomp happen, huh? <laughs> what are we going to do it on? Like, Big Beefy? No, nah, do it on a woman. <laughs> do it on a woman. Um, and so after that was, I don't remember, like, there wasn't really a lot of in-between stuff on that show, except, like, all the Black Lotus stuff, right? Yeah, 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 not really. Um, it was cool, too. Uh, Spencer pointed out, you know that scene where she's uh, locked in the um, jail cell and she's, like, punching the wall? Yeah. 
Uh, that's apparently a reference uh, to that movie, The Raid. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's that's another fucking cool thing about this show. Is there's probably like a million references that I only picked up maybe three of, but the fact that they're doing that is cool as shit. As opposed to this past week on Raw, the biggest reference was uh, a reference to like an old ass Conan O'Brien bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and even older than like those '70s cartoons where like you had like the mouth over like the Asian dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we'll we'll get into that more so with the second show. Uh, <laughs> then you had the trios title match, fucking Evilise and Helico and Son of Havoc against the Disciples of Death or the fucking Putty Patrol. Those those that gear got much better looking. Oh, the new masks are baller. I love the yeah. masks. That was pretty great. I I just want three different people under those masks. I mean, I really don't know too much about any of those three people, but well, we've we've seen all three of them elsewhere on the show. Yeah, yeah. fucking Arhenis. Arhenis blows. Sinkara's stupid little cousin or brother. Oh yeah. And then Ricky Mandel and Ermarachi Loco are just jobbers that they didn't have anybody else yeah. to do the gimmick for. But you know what? I mean, it's still fine. They were still fine, and it just I don't know. This this match disappointed in that. Ivelisse was still in a walking boot, and yeah. it, it the the match wasn't like a third of what it could have been, and especially if you've been watching all season, what you know it could have been. Absolutely. And so that was just disappointing from from just a uh, what they had to work with standpoint. Yeah, and yeah, considering even from like beginning of her injury, like my favorite moment of the entire first season was that the fucking finals of the, of the tournament like yeah. nothing has made me feel like that in wrestling in a very long time and even knowing the results that was an amazing episode it was incredible to watch mm-hmm. um what did helico jump off of this time <laughs> uh from like an even higher platform in in the temple which somehow fucking aerostar managed to chisel himself something higher in the next episode yeah. He literally was like he was hanging off of the fucking roof. Yeah. Uh, I just remember for this one, like, like somehow, like, he needs to keep landing in the ring, which is saying something. Well, of course. Actually, that, that might be what it was. He was, like, jumping off maybe, like, the office or something like that. It's just that it was to the outside, which made it seem higher. Yeah. And then, but I think he also, like, he didn't get caught as well. No. <laughs> Which is why you get three different guys to do that gimmick. Well, don't worry. He might get signed before next season, so uh, he won't have to be doing anywhere near as crazy as as that was. The South African track record in WWE is great. Hey, you know, he could be the one. I'm fine. Look, I'm I'm fine with it. I also, but he's getting PWG bookings now, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, but he's also getting PWG bookings with Jack Evans. Hey. Hey, hey, you're right, but <laughs> you're fucking right, man. I was going to really fight for Jack Evans. It's like, God, but here's the thing. I remember like 160 pound fucking, uh, like fucking like eight mile Jack Evans. And this is like 220 pound, kind of strangely he's built like RJ Mills, Jack Evans. <laughs> um, oh my God. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, have fun looking at RJ ever again. <laughs> You're just thinking he's from Parkland, Washington. Uh, yeah, that that was probably, besides 
the other match on the second part, my like least favorite part was just you know it kind of I didn't want them to lose to them. Um, and the main event. Well, go ahead. I didn't mind them losing to them just because it does sort of feed into like a bigger plot in whatever this group is that Katrina has, like asserting a certain dark dominance over the temple. True. Very true. Uh, and then the main event. Uh, that one, the first one, the believers Drago versus Hernandez and believers backlash. Yep. Uh, let's let's give props to Lucha Underground for for like probably having mostly plants outside, but definitely putting that one fucking guy out there with a leather strap, the hot tub <laughs> dude. Hot tub guy. Seen, yeah. Like I've seen that guy's videos online. Like he was the guy that. Uh, like, interviewed, like, Paul London, like, Brian Kendrick, and, like, Joey Ryan backstage of the show. And, like, London and Kendrick are just high as balls. And it's, like, like quietly, like, making fun of him the entire time. And Joey Ryan just actually answering his questions and being super nice to him. It's like, I've seen... Like, Joey I've, Ryan, he's got to be, like... He, like, he's a really nice guy, right? Who, Joey Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, he seems, he seems great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I, here's the thing. I didn't realize exactly what the gimmick of this match was until it happened. They did it one, they did it a couple times in TNA. The first one I remember was they did it with Samoa Joe against Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> which, uh, you with a leather strap getting free reign on Jeff Jarrett might be something I can try to work out for your bachelor party. Dog, that's, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's, uh, a bachelor party isn't all about just, like, strippers and booze. It's a, it's, it's the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, things like that. Or, you know what, instead of, like, like, the dollar dance at your wedding, or, like, the chicken dance, I'll just bring Jeff Jarrett out there, and we'll all just beat the fuck out of him during the ceremony. Man. Oh, my God. I, I now have new aspirations. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I knew, I kind of had an idea of, like, what the gimmick was, but it's normally pretty heavily gimmicked in that... You know, you have fucking plants outside and, you know, you know, it's a huge liability. Yeah. Uh, but Hernandez did a great job at it. Just fucking, you know, not touching anybody or not touching anybody that wasn't like with them. Yeah. Uh, and getting the fuck whipped out of him. Yeah. And like in 20 seconds, his head was fucking Elmo color. No, that was that was the that was like bleed through from the red bandana that he came out with. It wasn't really. Yeah, Matt Stryker kept trying to call the same fucking thing. I'm like, no, it's just the, the fucking bandana that he had on that he came out oh, with. Cheap-ass bandana. He was getting two paychecks at the time from that and TNA, and he couldn't get a, <laughs> a more expensive bandana? Son of a bitch. Uh, unless that was on purpose to make people, unless to make the marks like you think about that. Well, they, it worked, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, it was fine. It was, you know, uh, Hernandez is fucking Hernandez. He did a, he did a legitimately good job as a heel. Oh, certainly. I actually, this is the only context I've ever liked Hernandez in. Yeah, it's true. Like, he was great in this show. Uh, and Drago's my favorite. Like, you know, this is uh, the, this, this is the guy that you promised you wouldn't take. I promised, but hey, Rich Augie Tope. Uh, uh, Rich Tope and, oh no, I was right. Uh, <laughs> Augie Tope, uh, make sure that you... <laughs> uh, consider Drago on your on your big board. Uh, fine, then I'll just take Drag on. Who's <laughs> Drag on? Dragon Azteca. That uh, motherfucker's dead. 
Whatever, man. I'll draft his his uh, album, The Opposite of H2O. I don't get that reference. That He was a good rapper. I liked him. I have no... Drag- <laughs> oh, Dragon. Okay. Thought- yeah, the Rough Rider. I'm not a big Rough Rider guy. Or was. Dog, you missed out. I did. I'm sorry. Uh, that's what... Uh, if there's ever another Ultima Lucha, that's who Drag- Drago's uh, uh, entrance play on should be, is Dragon. <laughs> sure. Wait, so yeah, can we get drag on? Uh, the budget's pretty tight this season. I think we could get drag when on. When you started that first set, when you started the that sentence just now, you made a noise that sounded like DMX. You're like, uh, uh, Lucha! <laughs> what? But yeah, uh, but as far as a drag a Drago match goes, uh, again, just seeing what he has done all season. Again, like. It told the story. It told the story fine, but Drago working with Hernandez isn't Drago working at the best of his abilities. No, here's now. I don't. I don't want to like shit on your boy, but but he's like forty five years old. <laughs> we'll get there later. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no. It's I've noticed with him that he needs a certain dance partner too, and that I feel like he can be very like sloppy and like botchy a little bit. Well, have you have you gone back and watched like some of those earlier episodes? I have, I have, and that and that's what I'm saying is like in those, like he's pretty fucking flawless. But like when you put him in there with like, I mean, granted, like the bigger guys like Mil Muertes or like Hernandez, more so what it is, yeah, yeah. It's when he's yeah. So it's not even so much like the particular dance partner. It's more so the type. And even even like, which even a couple of the matches with the Arrow Star. But I just feel like that's almost going to be Lucha Libre. Is like, look, eventually, like. Something's going to give when you put, you know, two, one plus one isn't always going to equal two. And, and fuck you. That was more Aerostar. I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Aerostar is not my... No, Aerostar is my guy. Aerostar's the guy I'm talking about. That's why I'm blaming it on Drago. That already failed. Fuck. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. Though. Drago, in terms of what he meant in the number of storylines, I feel like he should have had a better spot than just the fucking main event of the first night of Ultima Lucha against Hernandez, who joined very late in yeah. the game. Yep. Um, second night, uh, we didn't get the Battle Royal, which like they put in commercials. Did they? I didn't, because I don't have cable, so I didn't see it in commercials yeah, or anything. I, remember... or, I just saw it here now that I have the 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 results up that there was a, a battle royal dark match yeah, the dark match battle royal with uh, like a lot of the people that were that were not on that second night of ultima lucha um which, which they filmed the second night of ultima lucha, lucha the next day so it was probably to get those guys an extra payday payday and warm the crowd up but on the fucking commercials during ultima lucha night one they were showing like really quick clips of the following week and they were showing like fucking like cage throwing people around and you know like they were showing that match so i was like oh that's weird they're actually gonna show it but they didn't um yeah so i just found that funny uh so yeah night two starts with with... uh starts with uh johnny mundo versus alberto yes yes it does um which i was also kind of surprised with but it was super cool because it's it's if it was DNA, it's like, well, these guys have the most name recognition, so we've got to put them at the top. <laughs> well, but also they'd be like, well, put them first, because why not? You know, <laughs> like they would still do it, but somehow we would shit on them for doing it. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, because also we realized they were probably spending like $2 million each on them mm. and putting them on first. Uh, it, it got off to a slow start. I was a little worried. I mean, granted, the story of, of Mundo running away is like typical heel stuff. But even once it got going a little bit, I was like, come on, let's pick it up into the next gear. And then once it did, it ended up being a really good match. Certainly. Um and uh yeah <laughs> fucking oh god damn it just break away man <laughs> you they're not here's the thing i don't even think they're together anymore no i don't think they are i didn't know here's what happened like they like they all came to him it's like all right johnny we want to put you with somebody uh we want to like give you like a heater for you know for your feud against Alberto. He's like, yeah, man, that sounds great. He's like, uh, well, you got any ideas of mine? And he's like, well, I'd like a female heater. It's like, well, a heater's normally not female. <laughs> a heater's normally like a big ass motherfucker. And he's like, he just kept like saying things like, no, don't go there. Just don't, you know, I'm thinking somebody's got experience. Uh huh. Yeah, she does. A national recognition. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> here's what I, here's the other thing I love is that. So the results, like I said, like I knew about the the Ultima Lucha results from the fucking get go. That didn't leak. Nobody. Oh, the the, the yeah. Molina was the was the run in. Right. There wasn't even a, like anything I re- saw. The only thing I saw there was no like recaps of matches, so nobody had like a detailed rundown of what happened, which makes that moment and then the fucking reveal moment later on all the much more better because nobody released that. Because it's still TV, and it's not hinging upon just basic results. But, like, um, but also, like, there are still wrestling fans in that crowd that reported those results that normally would true. be like, it was revealed that Molina, like, Molina came out and making her yeah. debut. Like, the fucking crowd even was cool enough to be like, ah, let people experience it. There you go. That, uh, that and also uh, Patron throwing Mundo through the, uh, through the, the glass. Great. And that fucking gusher. I, I part of me thinks that wasn't real. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Because it was it's sugar glass. It's the same fucking right. unless, unless Mundo. I can never remember Mundo gigging himself because he was in WWE during the time where they didn't have to do that. So he was like, "Oh, I finally get to cut myself." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to believe. He went, is that he's making up for a lot of lost time. Yeah, he called up Mercury. He's like, "Hey, man, remember uh, during that ladder match when you gig yourself? What'd you do?" He goes, "A ladder blew up in my face." Hmm, well, I'm not in a ladder match, so... Maybe I'll just replace the sugar glass. <laughs> yeah, he fucking... It, it was really good. It's... I mean this in the best way possible. I'm sad that all the, uh, El Patron did the Molina with Spanker. <laughs> I was waiting for, like, a kick in the face. Yeah. It's like well, a re- season two, man. <laughs> it's like a receipt. Well, you know, I mean, there's only so many shots of the face you can really take. Bam! She's still got it. She looked good. She honestly looked good. Uh, yeah, just God damn it. Anybody else? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, this, it's not good for either one of you. Like, the, <clears throat> the part that stuck out, stuck out the most to me for her coming out and being <clears throat> the interference was, again, that just felt like a move that Lucha hasn't had to do all season. And that was, like, rely on previous storylines and shit true um hold on my food's here okay Ooh, they're ahead of schedule <clears throat> i gotta i'll gotta go out and get it up those of you keeping track at home rich's food is early 
And I'm back. I realize I need to get myself a good old-fashioned beer. Which beer did I get? Sponsor of Lucha Underground Miller Lite. <laughs> uh, one of my top five favorite moments of all of Lucha Underground was Vampiro hating that Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up. Uh, real quick. Uh, what did you think of... Uh, uh, I forget the guy's name. The oh, uh, Michael Scavello? Yeah. I liked him. You did? I, he would take some getting used to because he's not my boy Vampiro. He just sounds so artificial to me. I think it's because every time I heard him, I felt like I was watching like a kickboxing fight. Like I, just, I feel like I've heard his voice because it was like MMA, MMA and stuff. But I feel like he isn't a like a pro wrestling announcer. Like he, I'm just not used to his voice in that format. But then here we go, and then they're gonna go, and then they fell. Yeah, like I, I was, I was, yeah, I was waiting for like dogs to run in a circle. <laughs> like, and then, yeah, like he's like, and then they, there was also just a lot of moments where it felt like both him and Striker were both trying to do the same play-by-play at the same time, and it just was not. He's definitely not meshing. A, well. Yeah, he's definitely not a color commentator. Uh, no, and but the, the thing is also like Striker is new to play-by-play. Like Striker was never really play-by-play. Uh, until Lucha Underground, he was always he was always color. So yeah, so it made for an interesting mix. But if we get a second season, that's probably going to be what we get. Uh, I don't know. I, something tells me that that guy's price tag is probably a little too high. So they might just try to get somebody else. Yeah, get him fucking. What's uh? I almost said Stevie Ray. What's Stevie Ray doing? Like, <laughs> fuck it, you know. Fuck it. They made Vampiro work. And now this is Podswoggles. Of the week. Like, alright, I love Stevie Ray on commentary. Fuck, I was not expecting to do this. Because <laughs> here's the thing, he could just get away with saying fruit booty on national television every single week, and no one knows what he meant. No one knows what he meant. He's talking about gay people in a very derogatory fashion. <laughs> He's uh, originally on the website back in 2000 and when did we set the website? Website was 2011, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was writing an article about how w- uh, WCW 2000 was WWE 2010. And I had like 15 comparisons. Fucking the heel announcer with Michael Cole and Mark Madden all ones. And the other one was fucking Harlem Heat shit in the bed at commentary. <laughs> Stevie Ray was the precursor to that. And you know what? Booker T couldn't hold Stevie Ray's jock commentary. Because Stevie Ray made sense half the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was back to Scrivello. He was he was okay. So, speaking of Vampiro. <laughs> now, on the car ride home. No, I think it was on the car ride to food after we dropped Tope off at the airport. We were talking Lucha, like the beginning of our Lucha conversation. And I was telling you, like, I knew what had happened. And I just <laughs> mentioned how every report that I read, like, didn't really have, like, spoilers as to what was going on in the match. Mm-hmm. Every report that I read, though, did say that this match stole the fucking show. And you, and, that, and you, what did you say to me? I know it was a sentiment of disbelief. I think it was a classic Rich Camelucci, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, one of and those. Then, and then followed up by, like, 90 seconds of laughter. Uh, 
Are you laughing now? I I uh, didn't know what to expect going into this because, like, if anyone was like my second boy in Lucha Underground, it was Pentagon Junior, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't exactly understand what to what degree a Cerro Medio no DQ match was gonna be. Yes. I didn't realize they were just gonna roll out the fucking CZW prop trailer. We got a CZW match on cable television. Yeah, that's exactly what was rolling through my mind I, during that match. It was like, they fucking did this on TV. I didn't know. Like, every report I said, like, oh, yeah, Pentagon Jr. beat Vampiro in a hardcore match. Everyone says that it was, like, the best match on the show. And, like, it definitely, like, tore the house down. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking, you know, like, that, you know, I get some tables and some chairs. You know, it'll be fun times. Yeah. You know? Oh, stretch spot. That's cute. Yeah, and I knew, yeah, I know like, it's coming back. And then, you know, like, they had the chairs. And then... The fucking thumbtacks. I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. You know, like Abyss does those all the time. Fucking old school. Fucking yeah. Sting took fucking bumps and thumbtacks. Vampiro was like, yeah, you know, I wrestled Sting. <laughs> and then like the fucking not a single light tube, a fucking like cornucopia of light tube combination. I uh, I love that. That's not that's not retrospective, Rich. That's like mullet over mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. Yeah. Yeah, the light tubes, my friends. Because I had no idea, that, like, after doing my research afterwards, like, Pentagon Jr., like, he does, like, stuff like this in Mexico. So I'm thinking, like, oh, this poor guy's having to slum it up, kill himself to make Vampiro look good. Because Vampiro mm-hmm. could barely do anything. Right. But then he would do, like, the fucking classic Vampiro kick, and then he basically tried to do a fucking Phoenix splash. Yeah. Yeah, Vampiro, man, he was showing out. He was trying. Like, he was very limited. But the stuff that he did do, he's like, he was saving up for those three moments. Yes, for sure. But yeah, but this is nothing new depending on. This is like, they do this. So I'm like, okay, well, that's fine then. But still, like, come on, man, what? That was still, uh, that was also a dope-ass entrance from Vampiro as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That was great. Yeah, the, the whole thing was fucking, that, that was great. And then, yeah, like, the fucking... The entire ring, I was like, God, there's three more matches. <laughs> and like every time, because then they're just starting to fucking throw each other off the top together onto a mix of everything. Yeah. I, uh, here's also another thing that I didn't realize that I loved until I started watching Lucha Underground was, um, how they'll make masked wrestlers like, uh, gig. Yeah. And and how they'll still have like the mask hanging on. They did it in the uh, Grave Consequences yeah. match mm-hmm. with Phoenix as well. Yeah, I love that. And I just love how it's just like hanging on there, and you kind of see what they sort of look like, but not really. And then they're like, oh, just it's such a cool fucking because the psychology of that alone is I hate you so much. I want you to fucking bleed out all over this mat, but I I respect the tradition enough to not take your mask off. Yeah, and that's fucking cr- awesome to me. Yeah, like I never expected Pentagon Junior to have that type of hair. Right. That too. That was weird hair, right? Yeah, he looked like just a normal dude. <laughs> yeah, he looked like an accountant. <laughs> yeah, Pentagon, uh, Sierra Miedro, and Sierra uh, Deductions. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fucking. That exceeded every expectation that I had going into it. Even after you telling me that that show that match stole the show, I I. I 
that even put even more of a handicap on it. Because before going in, I was like, well, this is going to be shit. And I could only imagine what my reaction would have been then. But then after you told me that, I was like, all right, fucking impress me. What possibly could you do? And I was like, oh, it was was that crazy shit, which I'm, you know, uh, uh, as much as I would love to have been at any of these tapings, glad I wasn't at that because I've seen you and I have both seen these matches, that kind of match live. And it's it's appalling. Apparently I saw people that were there on Reddit say that one of the light tubes like kind of flew into the crowd. <laughs> like people almost got hurt in the crowd from that match. How has that never happened at a CZW show? That has to. Oh, I'm sure it has. Well, you know, with all the money, the nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, well, maybe now with uh, with what's his tits, DJ Hyde, but fucking Zandig didn't have any money. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fucking baller. It was so good that like the shitty ass fucking flaming table spot because it was basically just. Like, Vampire, like, kind of leaping into it. And then he legitimately was on fire. Right. Which made up... For, which kind of made it better. Yeah, which, <laughs> which made up for the shitty bump. But, like, that to- like everything that came before it was just so unexpected that it made up for that crappy kind of bump. Um, yeah. And then the fucking reveal, which... That was my guess all along, but it was drug out so long from the beginning yeah. of it that I kind of lost faith in it. Right. I just assumed that was going to be kind of like a cliffhanger for season two. And that was the other one that like didn't get leaked or revealed. Was that what happened? So yeah, when that's cool. he was telling him to fucking break it, I was like, well, that's just the fucking honor of Vampiro. Like, if you're taking, yeah. taking out. A quote, too. Fucking break it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, said the, he said fuck three times in that match. Uh, and yeah, and then he starts talking. I'm like, fuck, they're actually doing it. It was fucking perfect. Great, yeah, I kind of had lost that thread as well. Um, and it just completely shocked me because at a certain point, I just figured like they were going to like bring in another guy or something like that, exactly. Yeah, they would just bring in somebody else. I just figured that they would just keep Vampiro on the commentary table, right? Yeah, and like you know, but now he's going to be what's really going to be interesting is I bet you this is where this is going, uh, because I'm sure he's going to be out of the title picture for a little while. Yeah, I, I know where you're, I know exactly. I cannot wait for the Puma Conan Vampiro Pentagon matches. Oh, oh no, Conan! Just for Conan and Vampiro to it's going to be like turtles fucking. <laughs> Which, like, they already are very both turtle like. <laughs> you know, I, I picked that animal on purpose. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. That was like a three tiered uh, illusion. Um, good. Yeah, fucking. My fa- I probably watched it on YouTube because the full thing's on the Lucha Underground channel on YouTube. I probably watched it like five fucking times already. Yeah. So good. Uh, then after that was... You know, the come down match. <laughs> yep, was fucking Blue Demon's old bull. No! No, no, no. I was being sarcastic when I said come down <laughs> match. I just hear come down and I think of somebody yelling Blue Demon Jr. to come down and eat his pudding. <laughs> He's not as old as we all think, I think. <laughs> He's pretty old. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the, the seven-way gift to the gods match. Which uh, was great. All the multi-man matches the entire season were fucking baller. This one, not the best, Absolutely. but it had some it had some clunk in it, which is mostly just Big Rick. Who almost killed Sexy Star. Right. Uh, but that was his role in the match. I, uh, this, this match was very effective in that, you know, I thought Phoenix was going to win going into it. Yep. And then halfway through up until maybe almost to the end, I, I didn't know who was going to win it. 
because that's the thing is like you had some people in here that were just kind of like people to be fucking kicked around like Bengala. <laughs> Poor Bengala, man. What did Bengala do to you? And now it is time for the pot swaggle. Fuck you of the week. Man, Bengala needs a fucking do it. Do a fuck. Stop. Just I don't know, man. Do a I got week on Bengala. Have... He just bugs me. All right. <laughs> he just bugs me. I don't know. Something about it's like oh, like I don't. I, I seriously can't tell you what it is. <laughs> no, you're, I feel the exact same way you do. You're just verbalizing it. I, I, I feel like I need to justify it at this point, and I, th- there are just no words. I, I can't. Like, I feel like I have about like eighty different reasons that I know, but anytime they start to make their way to my mouth, I'm just like, that doesn't make sense, though. He looks like somebody from Five Dollar Wrestling. <laughs> that might be part of it. Yeah, he just looks, looks like somebody that uh, wanted to be like Mexico's greatest mini, but just was too small, like too big. But he didn't let that dream be dashed. Right, are we sure Bengala isn't super porky? <laughs> Mystery solved. Bengala is super porky. Oh, so it was your nightmare this entire time. Ah, <laughs> uh, that Bengala. I fuck you. That was my next question. You son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a fuck. He should just uh, change his whole gimmick to Benghazi. <laughs> but here's the thing. He had like three really good spots in that match. No, I know, I know, and in, I feel like they were all in spite of me. <laughs> he just breaks forward, like everything just pauses and stops. It's like uh, the Quicksilver scene in X Men: Days of Future Past. Yeah. He just walks right up to you and says, "How you doing, Rich?" And then everything <laughs> just fucking normal again. Yeah, uh, but uh, so like you know, you had your Bengala and and even like Jack Evans, oh. and even to a, an even further extent, Aerostar. We're like, okay, that's your kind of like filler. They'll they'll be catching everybody or whatever. Fuck, Aerostar, uh, Aerostar left the building and then flew back in. Essentially. He did. He did. And even like Jack Evans was getting a lot of time in the ring towards the end of that match, making me think like, oh, I'm not going to fucking do Jack Evans, really? What? Jack Evans? He was there to take, he, for. he's done this for 10 years, the most disgusting bumps yeah. and the most bendy shit possible. Because you also had people in the match that had, Big storylines throughout the entire season, right. such as Sexy Star, King Cuerno, Big Rick, and Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, like, I, had I not had it spoiled for me ahead of time, my pick would have been Cuerno, just in terms of he's been somebody that's kind of been protected this entire time. Yeah, he always almost gets his wins back, or mm-hmm. always has momentum. Um, yeah, or Sexy Star, just for the fucking story of it. But I'm, I'm glad she didn't win. Um, and I'm glad we got to see Marty the Moth, and we'll get to that ending later. Nope. Yeah, fuck, I forgot about that. Oh, shit. And then fucking Davari had to fucking get his Johnny Walker fucking gold ass in there. He's he's my, like, number one, like, fuck, dude, like, you're not good at this. <laughs> like, it's time, it's time to go get that insurance license. It's, I mean, I know what you mean in that, like, you've tried a million different things. Uh, in this business, none of them have stuck. The best, and you've been just good enough to still keep getting work. To which I say, keep getting them checks, Davari. <laughs> yeah, Davari's definitely. He's like thirty-two years old. He's, 
Yeah. He's so young. He was never more popular than when he was working dark matches, and his finisher was literally jumping off the top rope with a magic carpet. <laughs> they used to do that. Uh, so yeah, Phoenix winning was perfect. I mean, he's 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 the he's the next babyface hope if the if the story continues because then we just get yeah we get the fucking perfect sword, the sword that's been basically been built this entire time. The man of a thousand deaths and the man of a thousand lives. It's perfect. A real, a real writer's room. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, there are so many jokes that I'm just not gonna go with. Um, then yeah. the come down match. Well, and, and I mean, I really, really, really do hope that we get to see the the gift of the gods championship in action. Yeah, because it's basically it's the best kind of money in the bank you can ever have. Yeah, and it forever when it's cashed in, it forever gives everybody something to fight for. Certainly, and uh, let me just because I tried to explain it to Spencer, but I was I know I was forgetting like thirty details. Could you just recap again what exactly the rules of the Gift of the Gods Championship okay. is? The Gift of the Gods Championship are there are seven Aztec medallions that form the Gift of the Gods Championship. Once somebody has collected, once somebody has won the Gift of the Gods title, they now reserve the right to cash that title in for a Lucha Underground Championship match. But it's not like at any moment they have to give a week's notice as to when that title happens. Once it's cashed right. in, then the seven medallions are split up again and have to be re-earned. So basically every time that it's cashed in, there's now going to be seven matches to determine who gets the medallions and another seven way to earn the title back. Right. But the title also has to be defended. Right. So it's an actual championship that people can hold, and if you hold it for a really long time and just never cash it in and then lose it, fucking sucks to be you. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fucking awesome is what it is. It is. Fuck, God forbid there's something with title? It's cool as shit. I want some Lucha. It looks great. I want some Lucha Underground toys. All the all the fucking Lucha titles look beautiful. They're great. They're all wonderful. Uh, what doesn't look beautiful? Blue Demon Jr.'s shiny stomach. <laughs> what do you see of it that isn't covered by his tights? <laughs> yeah. I'm, He's the... He's the embodiment of like what Matt Classic is a parody of. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I just hope at the end of it, it's revealed it's Backlund. <laughs> like if, if this. In- you cut out again, Manny. There. Yeah. Did you hear me? Uh, I heard up until I just hope at the end of it that Blue Demon is revealed to be Backlund. Oh uh, well, uh, then I'd be over the moon. Name me every Mexican uh, president ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, this was, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, for his second match in Lucha Underground, Blue Demon had a pretty good match. Was this really only the second? No. He wrestled more than that because technically the, the he got knocked out by Chavo a couple times, didn't he? No, it was just like the one, I thought. No, because remember, he came back and he had to fight in a suit. That wasn't the, I don't count that as a match, the bell though. rang. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you're right. The bell ringing or not a fucking king of the castle. Um, <laughs> whatever. So his third match in Lucha Underground. Uh, yeah, no, whatever. I was actually like interested in the build up to this and that and, and how they were actually able to get me to like Texano in such a, a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, but I thought like Blue Demon's... Uh, motivations were really dumb. Yeah, it's it's definitely been the lowest point of Lucha for me. But yeah. Chavo Guerrero it, is involved. 
<laughs> yeah. And and just the and like again, his motivations were like very short sighted. It's like you are right, you finally were able to to heal up and get better, and now you gotta Mexico's pissed off and get him. He's right there. Get him. And he's like, yeah, well, he thinks he's Mexico. I am Mexico. <laughs> like, what? That was easy. That was so easy. That's like a fucking Bugs Bunny trick. Chavo Guerrero just pulled on Blue Demon Jr. It really was. America season. Mexico season. <laughs> That's a great Daffy Duck. It was an accident. See, it's already gone. <laughs> that, so, so my Daffy Duck impression hinges on saying Mexico season. It's mostly in the season, but sure, you can make it Mexico season. I hate my impressions. Um, or lack thereof. <laughs> it's a curse. It's a curse. It is. I do want to point out, my boy Mr. Cisco looking pretty suave in that suit. I did like those guys in suits. They look they look great, man. What was it I was saying when we were having our Lucha Nerds? I'm like, this Mr. Cisco guy. I looked at him like, who the fuck is this schlemiel? Yeah, never seen him before, ever in my life. Yeah, he ain't got no motherfucking Wikipedia page. This guy literally was a fan (laughs) of the crowd that he needed a second to fucking team because Rocky Romero is too busy having 38 other partners to go team with fucking Ricky Reyes again. (laughs) And B-Boy wasn't there yet, and we're going to kill him anyway. Like, how did B-Boy, who's been, who, like, opened up six years worth of PWG shows, like, in a row... Be the one that killed, and Mister Cisco isn't the one that gets fucking stabbed. <laughs> like I watch him, he's good. I like him. Sure, he does a great like combo lung blower move, and he does the face wash, and he's fine. <laughs> also, it's like this guy's got to be. This guy has grandkids, right? <laughs> yeah, he looks super old. So old. Looking. I helped him today at the bank. <laughs> <laughs> he made a deposit for like his mobile restoration company. Uh, I hope they get picked up for season two so he doesn't have to greet people at Walmart anymore. He's going to get two paychecks by the time season two comes around because he's going to get social security. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I I hope for more of a baby face to Hano. I like Tejano. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, and then the main event. Yep. Puma Muertes. Fucking. Man. It sounds like a, a Mexican city you guys went to on your honeymoon. Puma Muertes. Puma Muertes. Yeah, we uh, we uh, went ziplining in Puma Muertes. Um, yeah, fucking Ricochet is like probably the best wrestler in the world. That's that's what I uh, uh, told Spencer was like this guy's pretty much like he's the He's the best free agent on the planet right now, if not overall. No, not even. He's the best fucking wrestler in the world. I mean, he's great. He's really, really good. He can work with anybody. Yeah, and and Um, and that's not a detriment on fucking Muertes because for, I mean, you've probably never seen a fucking El Macias, Judas Macias, Ricky Banderas, whatever you want to call a match ever. This guy came to fucking play in Lucha Underground, which is good. Like he's never been like bad, but he's just, you know, he's like a jack dude that. They've somehow made bigger. Like, he's actually only, like, 5'11". But he seems... Or, like, six yeah. foot. And he seems like fucking this monstrosity. Towering. That's because everyone else that they got on the roster is well, pretty short. Here's something. Did you read uh, the interview with Krista Joseph the other day? No. Uh, he had, like, some, like, interview somewhere. And they were asking him about, like, different, like, things that went into Lucha Underground. You know who almost got the Mil Muertes gimmick? 
I'm afraid to ask. Not Matt Morgan? No. It's somebody that's in Lucha Underground. Oh, really? Yeah. They wanted to be they, fucking Marty the Moth. Really? Yeah. It was originally... Let me try to find that... It was on Squared Circle. Yeah, it was very interesting. There was another one there, too, that I found very interesting. Huh. Um, that would have been... Yeah, because they didn't even bring Marty the Moth in until, I feel like, halfway through the season. Yeah, a few tidbits from Q&A... Uh, da, 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 da. apparently, and of course, Pentagon, Drago, and Phoenix weren't at the first set of taping, so they had to redo a lot of stuff. That's why Puma and Mundo's stuff was heavy on the first half. They wanted to hold mm-hmm. off on that. Um, Matt Cross wasn't the original Son of Havoc either. Ricochet recommended Shane Strickland, who they had to wait to bring in in the kill shot. Kill shot, yeah. Um, first person he called was John Morrison. Uh, Stryker signed a deal 24 hours before Lucha's first taping. He signed, wow. he signed the contract while walking out to announce. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. Those are the big ones for the most part. But um, but yeah, a fucking great match as expected. Fucking the good mixture. Now that's an example of fucking using your fucking kicking out of finishers and false finishes. Yeah. Because both times both were hit, I expected it to be over. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's it's really it's one of those matches where yeah, you don't you just you don't have to say much, really. No, it was just was fucking really good and I am very interested to see where it goes from here with Mertes now being the champion. Uh, I'll say this as far cuz I thought that that was spoiled for me as well. Mhm. Because at the same time, that around the same time that I saw who the trio's champions were, I thought I still saw that Prince Puma was champion. Oh, so you were surprised there? I was. Good. I I swerved myself. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, you're really getting into that character too much. <laughs> I'm deep, man. <laughs> you're gonna get swerved, inceptioned. <laughs> What's the real swerf? Uh, by the way, bonus from this interview, Triple H was going to be the anonymous Raw General Manager. The answer is finally there. Ha! And uh, the, Good. I had this oh, still open from before when you went to go get your food. I had to just read, uh, Molino is currently in a long-term on-off relationship with John Hennigan, previously known as Johnny Nitro and John Morrison. In March 2015, she revealed on the Ross Report that her and Morrison's relationship ended over 10 years of being together. And then, of course, that was in March of 2015. The show was taped in April of 2015. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And the pair, met during, the pair met during auditions for Tough Enough 3, which before Tough Enough this season, I rewatched all of Tough Enough 3. Morrison had a fucking girlfriend at the time. What? He brought onto the fucking show when he won the drawing to bring his partner with. Oh, uh, what horrible people. And that's, that's a plural word, people? We're still just talking about Melina. <laughs> Singularly. Hey, she's a friend of a friend of the show. <laughs> you know, I'm sure she's a sweet girl. I'm sure she's really nice. <laughs> the married Swaggle Squad people probably shouldn't meet her. <laughs> just in case. Uh, let's, Augie and let's Tope. Just be fair for, for health's sake. The rest shouldn't either. Augie and Tope, you have my oh. blessing. Hey, Augie should. Augie should for sure. No, all right, hot. Hundred bucks bet. You want Tope or Augie in the first person that would have sex with Molina? Here's the thing. Augie would do it. 
like, not wholeheartedly, but he would know exactly what to do. Well, he that's going to be hate fucking for him because she that that was his boy. Right, but also Augie's been training. <laughs> True. True. But hey, for, Tope has been too, in all honesty. Uh, that's a good point. That's a very, very You're good like, point. Hundred bucks. Damn. You pick one. I'll take the other. I'm fine with either or. I think it'd be more poetic, and and the universe just works this way that it would be Augie. So I'm putting my money on Augie. Cool, Tope. I'll split it with you. <laughs> I, uh, I said that like it already. Don't get lazy. I said that like it already happened. <laughs> yeah. The video you already knew. The video will be on the website next week. She was herself on Cake Boss. What? Cake Boss. Cake Boss. <laughs> Uh, all right, so then we had the fucking, the, like the, what do you want to call it? Like the, the pro, the epilogue, if you will. Yes. That was yes. fucking baller. Do you remember everything that happened? Well, the only like backstage stuff we got the whole time was the kind of wrapping up of the Black Lotus saga, which I was like kind of disappointed with. I didn't like the twist. I didn't like the twist either, just because he built it up this entire time and he, all he had to yeah. do was say, one sentence and she changes her mind. Who was who was the one guy? The guy that, like wouldn't let. Oh no, uh, Dragon Azteca. Yeah, I, I don't know who was like playing him. It was like just an actor. Oh, okay. essentially, I, I didn't know if it was someone like I was supposed to know or not. No, no, I didn't know who he was. But if you so the previous week, he's being stopped from coming in by that mysterious hooded figure. Who at the yeah. end of the show puts the Dragon Azteca mask on and like assumes the identity? I do remember right. seeing that like they had applied for three trademarks. They applied for Gift of the Gods Championship, Dragon Azteca, so that's going to be like an actual wrestler the next season, and they trademark the monster Montanza Cueto. So he's also going to be like I don't know if he's going to be wrestling, which I kind of don't want that guy wrestling because he's already murdered people. <laughs> So, yeah, you've already set sort of a certain standard. Yeah, so unless, and also, like, at this point, who realistically can play him that's not named the Great Kali? Uh, the Titan of Titor. Ooh. Or, uh, what's, I already forgot, Deucalion. Yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, that, uh, that guy probably totally walked out on quack to go sign. <laughs> or get, uh, you know, drag Matt Morgan's ass out of retirement. Next name out of my mouth is Matt Morgan. Apparently, also, there's some guy in Mexico in AAA that has, like, this really, like, dark, demonic gimmick that's fucking jacked to the gills that could work. Because mm. we got a brief shot of him there you go. when they were, when they were like, leaving, like, in the back, like, him, like, straight-jacketed in the back of Cueto's truck as they were getting out of there real quick. Now, poor, he got his Red Bull, though. Um, and uh, <laughs> he looked, this is a really random-ass reference. He looks like the cover of a Quiet Riot album. It's like you look up the guy from the Quiet Riot, Come On, Feel the Noise, or whatever fucking album it is. He looked just like it. So there's that. Uh, I do want to specifically say, dude, fucking Dario Cueto is the fucking man. Good on that guy, man. That uh, uh, he's on IMDb. You can find him. He's just been an actor. Yeah, he was like he was like he was a he was one of the guys on Punked. Well, he's just also been on a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, he's just an actor. He's, he's an actor. They, uh, I remember the the AMA that one of the executive producers had. He was talking about um, they had like a big ass casting call. Like they interviewed like several hundred people for that. Wow. Audition them, and like he was the guy that stuck throughout all of it. 
and they said that nobody has worked harder. It's like he takes this job like you would not believe so fucking to serious in the heart and fucking loves it. Good. That's awesome. That is fucking great. Yeah. He's fucking he's fucking killer. I love him. Um so I was this I was disappointed in that, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Um I just think they hired Angela Fawn just to be an actress. Like she's got training. Yeah. I, I've heard of her yeah. as a wrestler. Uh but yeah, no, she she just acted this whole season. Yeah. Uh and then we got fucking Phoenix in his bomb ass car leaving with Gift of the Gods. That was that was cool. And then someone and then somebody in a cowboy hat following him. Everybody online was saying that like they assumed it was Tejano. I pretty much assumed it was King Cuerno. I did too. Okay, good. He's gonna go hunt them. Yeah, exactly. And also the first time, the most unrealistic thing ever was when well, not unrealistic, but it took me out was when Cuerno was in Cueto's office and he's like in like jeans and a cowboy hat. <laughs> And also the way he was looking at Phoenix at the end of the match because yeah. one like yeah okay I just want to make sure I wasn't like no the, no I'm on the same page with everyone you. said it was Tejano I'm like why the fuck would he be Tejano wrong uh Marty the Moth turning into fucking Marty Wyatt and being creepy as fuck kidnapping sexy star I mean it was like he would have big moments of of creeptasticness throughout the whole season as it was but it was more like um, comedy creep. Right, right, but every now and then it would settle into like a an unsettling creep. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, there's I'm 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 looking forward to that. He's got like a, a what a sister coming or something. Yeah, I, that's pretty much. She's on the roster page on Wikipedia, and she worked darks, but probably cheerleader Melissa. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I do remember. So that. that'll be good for her to be back on national television, not underneath like yeah. a fucking. What's the? She was fucking Marisha Sahid in TNA. Yeah. Um. And then what else? Oh, fucking Darth Vampiro. <laughs> He's a fucking Sith, and I'm for it. Oh, that. I feel the hate flow through you, brother. <laughs> God damn it. I love Vampiro. <laughs> I already did it. This doesn't count. I love him. Because <laughs> you saw the fucking, you saw the fucking like preview, like the thing of him in the hallway, like fucking straight up like old boy and dudes, right? Yeah, yeah. And then just taking a fucking bite out of somebody, and it's like, yes, this guy, he's forty some <laughs> years old. That's oh, great! That was badass. And then was there any other ones? Uh, oh. And then Drago going back down to El Inframundo. The super friends. Till we meet again, friend. That was so sweet. Yeah. That was great. And then, yeah, Aerostar flying <laughs> to the, the stars. To the cosmos. That's great. I love It's cool. I love that this show dictated five matches to a dragon fighting a rocket ship. <laughs> and I bought every <laughs> fucking second of it. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a rocket ship. He's a he's a, a Cosmo man. He's like of this. He's a man of the stars. No, fuck that. He's a rocket ship. <laughs> I believe. All right. I don't fucking believe that. Oh, like what I just said is more believable. I think I'm just putting it in a little bit more. Like I think I'm a little bit closer to what they intend. You're... I don't think a rocket ship is what they intend. You're making him a proper noun instead of just a noun, like I am. A rocket ship implies people can be in him I... and like. Drive him. I don't buy into Cesaro being Swiss as much as I buy into a dragon fighting a rocket ship on Lucha Underground. 
like I just I'm like, yeah, he Swiss. Yeah, whatever. Great. He's a good wrestler. Cool. Good for him. I I think we've peaked. I think we should probably just back it in now. Well, man. And then I know. And then the final thing of the guy putting the mask on and the question mark, which killed me. And then Quato leaving the temple, which which plays totally into, you know, if they need to relocate. Yeah, make it cheaper. Also, a lot of people were murmuring, was the question mark on purpose for potentially somebody that's of a man of mystery form? Could be if they could fucking afford it. Well, yeah. I mean, they wanted to have them like I feel like. Eight different times they wanted to have him on this season, and I'm, and they just couldn't pull it off. They couldn't make it work. And I'm sure after, I'm sure after uh, whatever he's called now, Mystico. Let's just do that, Mistizies or whatever he's Mistizies, But after after that guy tried to fucking probably almost kill him in the amount of times he botched during Triple Mania, dream match. Wake up. <laughs> the dream is over. That, uh that. I'm so. The dream is over. I'm so glad I didn't seek that out like I was going to. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try to find a stream. Like, my wife wasn't here. I'm like, no, just, just let it go. <laughs> and for all, for all accounts, it was the right decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I hope it comes back. Sooner rather than later. If, if anything, they probably won't be even filming until next year. So it's going to be a bit of a break, but... Well, it was also a 40-episode season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was long. So I'm glad they finally found a point to be like, okay, look, we need to stop. <laughs> like, have a definitive point and then go from there. Um, with, like, an off-season. Imagine that. Hey, now. And also the great thing about the show is that a lot of these guys, what, like, fucking eight of these guys are in BOLA? It... it has been a giant platform for so many of these guys. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then a couple, uh, there's a triple a team in King of trios as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just, it, at the very least, no matter what the fate of the show is, it, that goes to prove that Lucha underground did leave a positive legacy and it, it will still live on in the stars that it made to be straightforward um and and what comes out of it and uh that's more than you can say for wrestling society x it's more than you can say for tna TNA. let's go girls (laughs) thank you for the underhanded pitch rich (laughs) yeah uh hey well wrestling society no shut up i was gonna (laughs) well the, the only reason I said Wrestling Society X is because that's what it garnered the most comparisons Absolutely. to. Absolutely. It's the closest comparison. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, alrighty. Well, with that, um, nah, we're not going to have time to do this. R- Rich and I spent 45 minutes going through the Lucha Underground <laughs> roster yeah. and Rich guessing everybody's age. And he- I, I don't think it would have been that entertaining either. <laughs> Well, because well, if we'd done the original version, it would have had a lot of the character discussion that we had in this right. still at the same time. Redoing it is wouldn't be a thing. But, you know, I just want to point out that you didn't get a single one right until Chavo Guerrero, which was like the last one I asked you. But in my defense, I was also within a year for maybe more than 50 percent of the fucking it was roster. Like 70 percent of the roster. <laughs> no, I remember the one thing I do know we're gonna miss is, is me going, "Hey, yeah, man, how old's Pimpy?" Like, man, that bitch's like fifty. 
what did I say again? That bitch like what? That bitch like fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And, and in her and in her defense, Pimpy's only forty six. Okay. <laughs> but she looks a rough forty six. She looks horrible for her age. Yeah. And uh, Bengala is. Uh, I keep forgetting Bengala is Ricky Marvin. Why the fuck is he? Oh, it's ridiculous. And he's like, Who the fuck is Ricky Marvin? <laughs> Thanks, Spike. Uh, you good? I'm good. Do we? Is there anybody we didn't talk about that wasn't on these shows? Let me go through the roster real quick. I mean, Killshot. Killshot uh, was great. Uh, little ass Masquerita Sagrada. Yeah. We oh Superfly Mexican Uso. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about Katrina, dog. I mean, what? I what's to be said that I haven't already thrown a chair across the room about? <laughs> uh, to, I hope Tope. Oh man, Tope. I know this is collusion as a motherfucker, but Tope, bump Katrina up on your list so you can beat Rich on Maxine one more time on this podcast, please. We can't do that. Stop it. <laughs> I'm right here. Yeah, I know, but that's what's going to make it funnier. Like you're going to think Tope's going to be noble about it. God damn it. She lives in Tampa. I can think of some things she can do in Tampa. Stop it. Just Apologies to Katrina. I am not apologizing for anything. Between me I'm and Tope. apologizing on your behalf. I am, you can apologize. Fine. I'm not apologizing for shit. Former worst wrestler, worst work match of the year winner, <laughs> Katrina. All right, man. Let's wrap. Anything? Do you want any other wrestling, or we're we gonna save it for SummerSlam next week? Uh save it. I mean, we've already gone pretty pretty long. Yeah, that's fine. We, I, I can always go long when it's Lucha Underground. For sure. For sure. Uh, with that, please send us your thoughts on Lucha Underground. Podswoggle at gmail We'll read them on the show. Uh, do we want to hit the emails, or do we want to save them for SummerSlam? I know we got a couple good ones. Uh, save them for SummerSlam. Okay, yeah. If, if you send us an email or review or anything like that. It'll be read on episode 249, the SummerSlam Pick'em Show. Uh, if you haven't had the chance yet, uh, if you want to hear whatever your thoughts are, like I said, podswoggle.gmail.com, and leave us a review on either iTunes or Stitcher Radio. No matter what it says, Rich will read it on the show. Um, it helps us out a lot. It's very much appreciated. Subscribe there. You get your podcast automatically every single week when they become available possible.com is our home base where you can find the podcast and all kinds of great stuff there uh, i need to change the poll on there i've officially called it pretty much everywhere changed the results so rich and augie got their fucking brock lesnar dq points for battleground <laughs> which turned... high five very nice my wife <laughs> king of the castle <laughs> you fucking asshole <laughs> yeah it's much better when you say them out loud not text them uh, turn Pickums on its ears. Augie went from tied for second to first. You went from fourth to second. Uh, so now season totals. You're in first with 17. Augie's in second with 13. Look what the fuck happened. Sorry, me and Tope are tied with 12. Uh, yeah. So, um, follow us on all social media at Potswoggle on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, yeah, we got a lot of. Fucking great stuff coming up. And also uh, listen to all the other shows in the Swoggle Network. That includes A Blank Slate. That includes uh, Married Movies. And returning, probably already is it returned by the time you're hearing this, season two of Picked Up. Season two. Uh, so yeah, next week, uh, SummerSlam Pick'ems. Also, we pretty much can do NXT Pick'ems because we do that now. 
And uh, only thing is we'll be recording it before the last episode, which I will know what happens because I'm going to the taping on Thursday, but you guys won't because it won't have aired. So maybe wait until after the tapings. I'll look up spoilers, I guess. Yeah, or uh, who knows what it's going to be because they're taping four weeks and the shows are going to be airing after fucking Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, and they're doing a taping in Brooklyn too, right? Not that I know. No, they're just taping. They're just doing a two hour show. I thought I saw that somewhere. Mm, They're just doing a two hour show. Mm. I hope not because then God knows what I'm going to see then. (laughs) I'm going to see. I was complaining about seeing four fucking Baron Corbin matches. I'm going to see like six Dana Brooke matches. Whoa. Oh, I'm mm, I'm forming. But you know, it'll be good because she is the title diva. Why? That's not even close. It's not. It's not. But I do want to put you on blast for, uh, I just want to say that a certain female impression of yours has definitely lost some of its nasalness. From when it started, I think you need to start shrugging again. I was re-listening to uh, some older ones, and uh, you were much more grating. It's hard to do, okay? I didn't realize I was doing it when I did it the first time. Don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare. Mexico season. (laughs) (laughs) See, I have no right to talk. (laughs) God uh, damn it. Go. Let's get out of here. I got to eat some pad thai. Any last thoughts? I gotta eat some pad thai. You could have been eating eating this whole time. Oh, no, because I have aspirations to be a professional, goddammit. And Augie just likes to eat. Yeah. Richard Mullet, we're signing out for Podswoggle. Swogging off. It took every fiber in my being to get that sign-off right. Fucking love poachers. <laughs> Fuck, I can't use that. I'll put it at the end. <laughs> I never got to go to camp and I've lived vicariously through bug juice. This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.